Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. This episode going to a wrap up of my 2023 turkey season. All right, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. So yeah, so I mean, it is middle of May now, and you know, basically the turkey season for me kind of wrapped up uh, the end of uh, April into the first week of May. You know, ultimately, I didn't get a turkey for the season, um, but it, but part of that I'm going to chalk up to uh, not putting as much effort in as I should have. But before we start talking about uh, the turkey season, I do have a few things I want to discuss beforehand. Uh, first off, you know I do want to give uh, basically a reminder to everyone that the application period for uh, bear season and elk season is now uh, running through June 1st. Uh, again, you know this is your application period to put in for uh, those licenses. Again, for the for the bear tag, it's a point system. You want to put in for whichever unit you're looking at. You know, for me, I'm holding out and you know still stacking up points to be able to hunt a bear locally here in my unit. You know, ultimately, I I know at the point now where I've got enough points where I could you know go up to the UP and basically hunt any of the units. Um, you know, more than likely to be able to draw a tag in any unit I want up there. You know, there's more than enough bears up there where you know i certainly could take advantage of that but there's just something about you know the idea of drawing a tag within the area that i i live and have grown up in to be able to harvest a bear uh, locally um, it has more of a draw for me than just the the sheer opportunity to be able to go hunt bear so it's probably going to be a few more years yet before I technically draw a tag, but again, it's going to be, I think, more rewarding for the opportunity to be able to, you know, be able to hunt um, within within my area, and then also, uh, you know, it's going to make I think uh, I may have a better chance of being able to scout more and maintain uh, bait station more uh, frequently, uh, having it be local than having to try to travel. Uh, and spend a lot of time and energy um, traveling to get up the UP to uh, do scouting to maintain bait stations. So, you know, I'm hoping that I can draw, you know, sooner than later. I do have some big plans of being able to try to harvest a bear uh, here, kind of in my own backyard. And then for elk, you know, I've got, you know, for elk, it is a, a lottery system. So every year you put in, uh, you have just as many chances, or you have this, you know, basically any chance every year to be able to draw a tag. You know, if you put in for your first year, or if you put in several years and have gained up points where you gain more entries. So it's just luck of the draw regards to elk tag. So chances are slim for me for that one, but there's always that chance. So we're holding out for that. But again, now is the application period you have until June 1st, and it's a $5 application um, for that point. So, you know, you don't have a lot that you're losing out on uh, to put in for that uh, for that draw anyways, at least for the residency or for the residency here in Michigan. Actually, I don't know uh, what it actually looks like um, for if you're trying to apply um, from out of state. So I actually have never really looked at the regs in that regard. So 
but for if you're from Michigan, you know it's five bucks, and it you know and you're really not losing out on much um, if you don't draw a tag this year. And the next big update, which is still in development stages, but I am finishing up the 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 last few details of of my website. So it's you know we're basically putting together the last few pages and getting all the last minute details put into it. So here within the next couple of weeks, that should be up and running. Um, so I will do a formal announcement on that. And basically what I'm looking for, um, or what the goal of the website will be, is to try to keep everything all together for um, for any content um, from the show. So any of the episodes will be available through there. We will have uh, any of the video podcasts or videos um, that would typically be found on either uh, YouTube or on Rumble. You can also route to the website to either have access to either the full library or the most recent videos that I've posted. We're also going to have a, a monthly newsletter that will go out as well. Basically, we'll have you know kind of reminders um, basically for the month. So anything up to date. Um, you know, kind of like with this episode here, we're just a reminder of the application period. Talk about any seasons that are currently open. Talk about, again, we'll highlight some conservation type uh, things to keep in mind or to put on people's radar. And then also uh, hope to be able to add in a few wild game recipes. You know, basically uh, recipes that we like to cook ourselves here. Uh, we're going to highlight some recipes uh, that we kind of, you know, are kind of our staples here uh, here at home. So the other thing that I'm looking forward to is finishing up some uh, last minute details on being able to have some logo wear available as well. Uh, again, there's going to be highlighted primarily on the website, uh, but I will make announcements on uh, some of the social media platforms um, to where you can either get linked to it or have those available on those sites as well. Um, we're going to start out with a very small uh, catalog of, of items, uh, you know, basically to try to you know, get an idea of just how many uh, people would be interested in logo wear. I do have other designs uh, kind of on the docket, so we'll see how this first batch goes, and then you know we'll proceed on with some of the other items that I have in mind to be made available uh, for purchase. So we've gone through uh, a lot of preliminary, preliminary stuff. We've gone through uh, a lot of the. Uh, going through some of the the type of products, you know, again, me being um, kind of the way I am, you know, I've really wanted to try to focus on trying to make sure that I have uh, products that are made in the U.S. You know, again, by doing that, it does limit the the amount of options available. Um, so currently, right now, we're probably going to have uh, a you know what I can uh, kind of muster in regards to uh, U.S. made, you know basic garments uh, I'm gonna have them locally uh, screen printed here uh, I am gonna I was gonna have the full catalog be uh, all made in the US but unfortunately especially when it comes to the hoodies you know the the there's just a, a very strict limitation on the available products and because of the you know basically the the high demand um, or the limited supply uh, or limited suppliers of US made stuff, you know, the prices are so high that I'm not sure if I'm going to proceed with the hoodie being made in the US. 
um, just because I want to try to get something that is going to be somewhat cost effective for someone to um, to be able to manage. Um, you know, ultimately, I, if I go with a with this type of hoodie, it's going to be too expensive for me to ask anyone to try to purchase. So, but we're going to start out with that, and then as I continue to you know grow the platform and to you know be able to have more resources available. I hope to be able to make that transition more and more, um, just to be able to offer more American-made stuff. You know, that's kind of just one of my things in regards to, um, you know, my hunting gear and clothing. You know, it's, you know, hunting in the U.S. should be a U.S.-based thing, even when it comes to your hunting equipment and, and you know, gear and clothing. You know, I, it's just something... You know, this is something that I think is important uh, to me, and you know, there's nothing more American than using American stuff to, you know, hunt and fish in America. That's just me. And lastly, the final thing I'm going to be offering on the website is a membership, so you can become a member of MI Hunting Podcast. So if you become a member, a five dollar monthly membership, and you'll gain access to a. Uh, a monthly live show as well as you'll get a exclusive uh, basically discount on any of the logo wear and that will be anything that I'm offering initially and any products going forward as well so if, there, if there's something that you don't like now if you are a member you will always have that discount as long as you hold your membership and then also uh, if you become a member you'll be uh, entered into exclusive members only giveaways you know this basically something that if you support the show then I'm going to do what I can to turn around and reward you for that with exclusive giveaways um, with products that I use or trust. So again, I'm a couple weeks away um, from being able to release that. Basically, the clothing that I have lined up is going to be ran as a pre-sale. Uh, so once I do have all those um, products finalized and and able to make a full announcement of that they will be available again on the website as well as I'll make announcements on the social media side uh, so keep an eye out for that as well all right and then before we get into the turkey hunting I do want to stop off at the conservation news desk I do have a couple news stories uh, so let's jump into it All right, so this first bit of news comes from NBC 11 News. And that's uh, KKCO11news.com. Uh, Congressman or Congresswoman uh, Boebert's Trust the Science Bill passes House Committee. So basically what this is, is a, uh, a bill that she has introduced to have the uh, Grables delisted again. So basically what happened again, they were originally delisted and then a federal judge went back and reviewed it and basically overturned uh, that decision to have them delisted so now they're back on the endangered list and now they're pushing to try to get them removed um, from that uh, endangered listing again sorry I just kind of went into a little bit of a circle there with that all right so this is um, was published back in April 28th so congresswoman 
uh, Lauren Boebert's bill to delist the gray wolf population passed the House Committee. The Trust the Science Act Trust the Science Act passed the House Committee with a 21 to 16 vote. The bill delist the wolves will, is being part of the endangered species list. Removing the great wolves from endangered species list would give local governments more control over how to deal with the population. Again, currently the gray wolf population is, is untouchable. Or once the species is endangered, is on the endangered list. And currently the gray wolf population is untouchable once a species is on the endangered, endangered list. They do not come off it without help from local, from the, without the help of new laws. So the county commissioner, Cody Davis, said the wolf population is thriving and there's no need to keep them on the species on the endangered list. So essentially what this bill is, is it will force the federal government to delist basically, no. And he goes on to say, it would force the federal government to delist, base, delist basically use good signs and delist the wolf here on the western slope which would be a good thing for us. The grave was fully recovered. It does not need to be listed, Commissioner David said. All right. So then what, basically what the the um, the bill is, is quite simply um, to require the Secretary of Interior to reissue regulations removing the gray wolf uh, from the endangered and threatened wildlife to require the Secretary of the Interior to reissue regulations removing the gray wolf from the list of endangered and threatened wildlife un under the Endangered Species Act. And that's essentially all it is. Or if this bill passes and becomes law, uh, Secretary of Interior would have no later than 60 days after date enactment um, to make a final ruling. One interesting fact is on the section three that there's no judicial review. So basically what this is, is saying that once the once it goes into effect, that it cannot be under judicial rule. So again, basically once this goes into uh, effect, if it ever makes it, is that uh, you know, a federal judge can't come behind it and overturn it. So that's essentially what happened with the, the delisting and relisting of the wolf is that regulations said that they were no longer uh, under the protection of the Endangered Species Act. A federal judge turned around and overturned that. This law would prevent that if it um, becomes, or this bill would prevent that uh, if it becomes law. So I think, you know, I kind of laugh at this once I've read it and saw what the, the title is. You know, with it being the Trust the Science Act, you know, this is... I mean, this is perfectly played um, political-wise. You know, as we all know, you know, the big saying was for a good number of years was trust the science, trust the science, trust the science. And again, everyone's been pointing at at the gray wolf and that you know, according to the numbers and the uh, you know, basically all most of the metrics to consider the wolf, uh, you know, recovered. You know, we far surpassed that in many areas. So the fact that they're using the terminology or this title, Trust the Science Act, you know, is kind of a, 
you know, kind of a shot over the bow to the people that are rejecting the idea that the wolf is uh, recovered and no longer needs protection. Uh, you know, basically, it, everyone's been hammered with the you got to trust the science. Well, now it's being turned around as yes, you have to trust the science that the wolf is recovered. And then, I don't know. I think it's just a funny uh, way that, or, you know, funny and very cunning way to uh, present this bill to where, you know, it's going to be very hard to fight against it um, on the other side of the aisle, essentially. So I'm sure it will get some criticism um, by using that title, but it'll also, you know, it's kind of a, a slap in the face a little bit of, you know, if you don't support this bill, then you don't support science or the science behind it. So well played um, by the congresswoman. And, you know, again, it's a very simple law. It's very straightforward. There's no, uh, you know, hitting anything in it. I mean, it's basically just a law that says that the Secretary of Interior has to, you know, basically follow through on uh, delisting the wolves. So we'll see what happens with it. Again, it's just made it through committee, committee so it's got a long way to go yet. Um, and it's also got to make it uh, past uh, the president's desk. So we'll see what happens. All right, this next one uh, is made its way around social media. Um, so you may have already seen this or heard of this story. Um, you know, this is from Sports Fishing Magazine uh, reporting on this um, on May 5th. Another world record bass out of Texas. So the 12 pounder caught by Liam Powell would break the IGFA's or 12 pound line class record. I mean, this fish is just has a massive belly on it. So essentially, uh, you know, they go into talking about the exact lake that she was on. Uh, basically, she was. Well, let's just go into it. Leanne Powell's already, already extensive resume has a new entry. Along with race car driver, TV host, compet, uh, competition angler, cover model is now a pending International Game Fish Association largemouth bass record holder. <clears throat> so basically on this lake, uh, she had caught this 12 pound, three ounce jumbo uh, in late February, um, which she had already beat her personal best um, basically she had caught a 10 pounder, uh, the previous evening. So they named the lake here. I'm not going to, uh, but on this lake here, they do name this lake. So I'm sure at this point it's going to start getting some, uh, uh, some massive attention. I don't know if it's a, a private, you know, area or if it's open to the public. Um, but the fact that there were two double digit, uh, large mouth caught out of this, uh, this lake is going to have some massive attention on it now. So basically, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a f awesome story about, you know, basically this lady catches some massive largemouth and that, you know, it just highlights again the, the fun part about fishing where, you know, you can, you never know what you're going to catch. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stories, even just from the beginning of the year, where there's a lot of massive fish that are, you know, potential record breakers already being caught within the country and even across the world. So, fun little story. Again, uh, basically it goes into the story about 
you know, how she caught it and kind of the, you know, her breakdown of the events. Um, so if you're interested, look that up, report the rest of the way for yourself. All right. So that's it for the updates and the news articles and the, you know, the reminders. So let's get into my turkey season this year. So, you know, this year I ended up uh, drawing for, or actually I didn't draw. I actually bought over the counter the, for the second season uh, here in Michigan or here in the, uh, I guess, Northwest lower. And, you know, basically I was quite, like I talked about before, I was quite surprised about the fact that there were still leftover tags for that second season. You know, in the years past, I've noticed that, you know, basically for that first and second season, if there are, you know, typically there's never any leftover tags for the first season. That second season, there's only a few left. Um, and they go quite quickly. But this year, there was quite a few leftover tags uh, that were made available even when I had checked up, you know, on it the week after. Uh, before I even purchased the tag, there was still you know 2,000 plus tags uh, still available. So I don't know if that's a uh, indication that there weren't as many people turkey hunting, or not nearly as many people that had applied for the first or second seasons and were looking to just hunt that that last season, which again gives you basically the whole rest of the, or whole month of May uh, to be able to hunt. But ultimately, with the second season again, that run that ran through. Uh, January 20 or January from April 29th through uh, May 5th so ultimately I did a little bit of hunting on the 29th uh, basically I had planned on hunting the whole day or going out first thing in the morning uh, a buddy of mine called or had talked to me you know basically that week and was you know wanting to know if I want to come out to his property help him move some tree stands uh, and basically just kind of help do some work around his farm you know, basically he's got like a 200 acre farm uh, that he's done a ton of work on for for hunting um, you know you know primarily for whitetail um, but he just does a lot of land management stuff as well uh, so I went out there um, you know basically because this would be the first time of actually going out to his property uh, and taking a look at it which you know we've talked about several times me make my way out there uh, to go check it out but went out there spent most of the day uh, you know taking a look at some of his hunting spots, putting up a couple of new tree stands, uh, moving a few of them to spots where they just weren't quite right in the right or weren't quite in the right location. You know, basically that same idea for both season where you might be in the right area, but not in the right spot. Uh, so we moved a bunch of tree stands around in while we were there, you know, basically, uh, he had a couple of other buddies along with him that, uh, one had actually killed a Turkey, uh, just the day before, um, from the previous season and you know while we were working i mean you could just hear the toms you know basically around the property uh just hammering just gobbling 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 and you could hear them like moving around along the property well whenever we move you'd start hearing another turkey uh nearby so you know basically we had kind of contemplated uh you know this pausing i was going to do a little bit of hunting ultimately decided that we were going to finish up and get the last of the tree stands moved and then and then i would you know potentially hunt uh, on his property uh, that evening we get done with the with the the tree stand work and then we grab a quick bite to eat uh, borrowed some hunting clothes and then went out along the power lines where uh, two times had previously been killed uh, from the season before 
get sitting and wouldn't you know it, it starts raining on me. So sitting out there, you know, again, at that point, you know, I kind of felt like the, because of the rain, it just kind of shut up all the times. Uh, you know, I would call, I was doing some calling and I just wasn't hearing anything back. Uh, it was, you know, basically for the first like hour, hour and a half, I really just wasn't hearing anything in, re in response. Uh, no calling back to me or anything like that. But again, being the part of the Eden hunt, you never know, especially during that power line, uh, when they would be coming through. Ultimately, a couple hours in, start hearing some yelps um, up the hill ways, start doing some calling back, basically mimicking whatever calls I heard and just trying to copy it, um, you know, just kind of matching the energy of, of those yelps I heard. Sure enough, you know, about 10, 15 minutes later, here comes a couple of hens into the, the power line, um, probably about 100, 150 yards, uh, basically uphill from where I was at. So, um, you know, also in this power line, because of that power line, you know, being kind of wide open, you know, I was running uh, a couple of decoys. I basically had a hen and like a quarter strut uh, Jake set up. So it's definitely gonna, ha I definitely have that visual aspect uh, in play. Um, so if a Tom did come into that power line you know they had a good range of view to be able to see those turkeys potentially come down ultimately those hens they kind of millied around i'm pretty sure that they noticed the the decoys there but they just were not interested they actually uh, started milling around feeding for about 10 15 minutes and then slowly proceeded up uh, the hill away from me um basically heading up the other going the other direction along the power line cutting so at this point too again it had been a fairly steady rain through uh, most of the evening, you know, and that was basically it for the turkeys I saw. You know, I did actually have a, a doe sneak up on me um, because basically I was sitting there, some pines and whatnot, and you know, it was very difficult to actually hear anything moving uh, because of the rain. And I just happened to, you know, kind of let's look over my shoulder, and there's a doe probably about 15, maybe 20 yards behind me, just staring at me. And of course, at this point, you know, she saw my movement, takes off running, and sure enough, another doe comes running out behind her, uh, cutting across the the power lines into the timber on the other side. And then, you know, basically from there, I just kind of packed up, and there's a little bit of daylight left, and, you know, he has, like, some several food plots around his property, so I just kind of walked a two-track a little bit to uh, see if there's any, you know, if there were any toms. Uh, basically in some of the other locations ultimately there wasn't any other birds that I saw so that was it for the night uh, and then ultimately I didn't get, uh, get back out until the last day of the season and then from there it was it was eventful but ultimately again I didn't get actually get a really good opportunity at a turkey you know I basically started out with uh, some areas where I had kind of uh, drove around before and knew where you know historically I've, I've seen turkeys and there was some turkeys that were kind of showing up in the evening time um, on this old cut cornfield that uh, so I knew that there's you know birds in the area um, but I just didn't have you know a full grasp of kind of what the routine was or if they'd be in the morning so as I'm driving down probably about a quarter mile from the field I was plan on going to 
out on a private piece that's a hayfield sure enough there's like four or five toms and then three hens out in the field so and they're probably about i don't know maybe 60 70 maybe 80 yards onto that private piece adjacent from that is some um, kind of thin red pine um, that was on public that you know i thought maybe that's where the birds might go um especially as we were still kind of like that misty kind of rainy stuff going on still that morning so i ended up pulling down kind of parking the truck out of sight and basically grabbed my decoy and basically kind of there's a two track that led into the property set the decoy up on the two track to where potentially the the turkeys would you know cross the road and make it into the pines they might follow that two track along did some calling to try to get the attention um you know basically make it kind of sound like there's some activity going on you know the hens kind of responded back a little bit but they ultimately were not interested in coming over to the pines at least while i was sitting there so basically i could kind of peek and kind of keep an eye on what the turkeys were doing they'd move closer to the road then they move further away then they move closer again you know ultimately that it just came down to where those those towns were not going to leave those hens um you know i thought maybe there might be one that might break off from the rest of them and try to sneak over to uh, where i was calling and you know efforts to try to you know catch this hen you know essentially this hen that's calling um and maybe break off and you know see if he can't take advantage of that ultimately never happened they just would not leave those hens and the hens would not come over so after a while i decided that i'm just gonna pack it up leave these birds because i just didn't feel like they were going to make it over there actually at this point starting to make it further and further onto the the private property away from the public land so figure pack it up ultimately headed down to uh the farm where i typically um deer hunt and you know basically kind of the same thing as i'm getting closer i'm probably about a half mile away group of about five toms and three hens or two hens i think it was and sure enough they're all grouped up again and you know ultimately just like all right well maybe there might be some more toms hanging out on the property so i make it down to the farm and nothing i do some calling there's no i'm not visually finding any uh, sign of any turkeys i'm i'm not hearing any calling back or any gobbles uh, so i basically kind of you know check both the top and bottom fields really no action and you know basically sitting there thinking like well those those the birds are you know half mile away they might make it over or they could go a completely different direction or hang out where they're at who knows so after hanging out there for a while i ultimately decide i'm just gonna pack it up from there as well and you know kind of keep checking you know public land pieces i'm way back towards getting closer to home so i was thinking if worst case scenario i'll hunt uh, on the edge or near that cornfield where i know that those turkeys have been uh the past few evenings so ultimately you know come find out after talking to to the landowner uh you know after you know a few days after you know he did confirm that yeah there was there was times in the field uh that evening so it did appear as though those times had made their way over to the, the property 
it was just one of those deals of, you know, if I waited out, maybe they would have shown up or maybe they wouldn't have. So I just kept driving, taking a bunch of different two track side roads, uh, basically just kind of looking anywhere where I, you know, had a spot where I had either seen turkeys before in the past or anywhere that looked kind of promising, you know, I would do a little bit of calling see if I got any responses back. Ultimately made it all the way back to kind of the, the same row where I had been before. Uh, as I'm going through, there's, you know, that same group of turkeys. Now they're only about 40 yards off the side of the road um, and basically looking like they're going to come, you know, back onto uh, or onto the public land um, as they were all kind of facing that direction. It seemed like they were slowly moving that direction. So pull the truck over aside again, tuck it back up into the trees and go to get set up again. As I'm getting set up, you know, based on this two track again, I'm just about to get settled in my spot. I look up and f about another hundred yards into the woods, there's another group of hunters. So, you know, at that point, it's like, you know what? It seems like these guys are going to be, you know, trying to hunt these birds as well. I'm just going to pack it up and, you know, call it, you know, it was, I felt kind of sheepish. The fact that, you know, I gotten all set up and didn't finally realize that those guys were there. Um, but what are you going to do? So I pack it up and then go to start moving on. Sure enough, as I'm starting to pull up to the other cornfield, there's uh, basically there's turkeys in the field. And then sure enough, there's another group of vehicles that are pulling up down the two track as if they're going to start hunting those birds as well. So end up going down to the next two track, continue to drive around and, you know, basically just never really found any more birds to... Uh, to go after for the rest of the day you know this part is you know starting to get into there's into the afternoon at this point and you know ultimately i just decided it's probably going to just time to be packing up uh, and just kind of call it a day so you know because i did have a lot of extra stuff i was working on uh, over that weekend so <clears throat> so i figure you know it just wasn't my luck and you know certainly something that i was thinking you know for most of the day is that if i would have put in more time scouting uh you know things might have turned out a little bit differently but it is what it is in that regard you know it really just came down to that you know you know it really seemed like things were really hot and heavy for those turkeys you know i it's been a while since i've seen you know them all grouped up that much uh, you know, typically when I've been hunting, you know, I might catch, uh, you know, one or twosies or, you know, a couple toms with a hen um, or a lot of times catch those those lone toms um, out cruising midday. It just seemed like they were just, you know, they would not leave those hens um, and they were all grouped up. You know, at basically every location that I went where I saw turkeys, they were all in a big group. And it was just basically one of those deals that if they weren't where you could hunt them right away, you know, the only way that you're going to get them to come over is if they, if those hens brought the towns with them. You know, often I end up talking with a, a friend of mine that he basically, he had just got his turkey for this uh, last season. And he kind of ran into that same situation where, uh, you know, the, the hens just wouldn't, wouldn't commit. Or if they did, you know, basically the, the one time that he did have the hens come in, uh, basically the Tom just or the two Toms that are with them just kind of bailed and you know didn't follow them at this point so it definitely seemed like their minds just kind of changed where 
you know, they are willing to, you know, bail away from those uh, hens uh, than what they weren't willing to do uh, during the second season. So ultimately, didn't get a turkey this year, um, but you know what? It's it's probably one of the more action-packed, you know, seasons I had uh, in the past couple of years. You know, the first two seasons I hunted, I ended up getting turkeys, you know, basically on day one. And then from there, it's been kind of a, a dry spell, so where I just kind of struggled. Again, part of that is because of me being newer when it comes to turkey hunting. I just never really did much of it um, in years past. And then also, it just comes down to a lot of it. I'm just not putting in as much effort as I probably should be um, in regards to scouting and doing prep work of making sure that I have you know areas that I know that I have good opportunities with. But there's always next year. We'll try again. But at this point, it's really, you know, it's really the transition now to where I'm starting to get whitetail on the brain. You know, it's basically the time frame where I'm going to start, you know, really getting things prepped and ready to go for my uh, spring slash summer food plot slash cover crops. Uh, we're going to make some investments where we're going to basically get a new cult packer slash uh, roller crimper. We're going to try uh, doing some of that this year. We don't know if we're going to be able to um, have it in time for the spring planning, um, but certainly by the fall planning, we're going to try a roller crimper to be able to cut down on our herbicide use. Because again, the price for glyphosate is way up there. And again, as I've learned, it's not good for your soil. It actually binds up some of your micronutrients. Um, so again, the idea is to try to move away from that glyphosate, away from herbicide use as much as possible to where it's you know, better for the environment, better better for the plants and ultimately going to save some money in the long run in theory we'll see how it goes but yeah i mean we're at that point now where it's you know that the food pot season starting to wrap or get kind of going and then you know i've got my trail cameras i gotta start getting batteries for it get those up and running because a lot of the bucks now are really starting to develop and we've only got a few months left and then it'll be time for for deer hunting uh, you know, again, my, my oldest daughter, she's actually taken an interest in trying to hunt deer this year. So we're going to start working with her. Uh, basically, we've got the crossbow and we've got, you know, basically we can go out for the youth season with either a rifle or a bow. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, ultimately, we're going to start practicing just with the, the Opella gun, get, get her comfortable, start working with uh, gun safety and then slowly progress to you know the 22 and then maybe a 410 and then we'll just keep building up and see how she feels in regards to using a firearm and then also we'll start practicing with uh, a crossbow if if that's the the route we're going to take but she's really excited to give it a shot because she again found out just how much she loves the taste of canned venison uh so that's going to be probably the bulk of what if she gets the deer that's what we're going to make out of it um so we have plenty of that so we don't run out within the first couple weeks other than that i mean it's basically getting stuff ready down at the property i did a bunch of work doing uh some uh, basic species removal basically there's a massive amount of uh bush honeysuckle and autumn olive down on the hunting property so i've been working on clearing that out again it's a lot worse than i thought in some areas where it's a very slow going there's a lot of plants basically having to cut them all down use some herbicide to you know kind of kill that root system so they can't come back as easily 
So still plenty of work to do there. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm probably never going to fully get rid of uh, those invasives. Uh, but if I can keep them cut back and, you know, kind of slow their growth a little bit, maybe some of the other plants might have a chance, get some diversity in there and where it won't become a problem uh, or even more of a problem, I guess I should say. Yeah. And then the next big thing is getting out and doing some fishing. I mean, uh, you know, we've, I took my kids out, uh, just this past week, gone out, did a little bit of fishing. Unfortunately, we caught kind of a front of a, the front end of a cold front. And it seemed like that really shut the fishing or fish down. Uh, my one daughter caught a really nice bluegill and then other daughter caught, uh, you know, a small bass basically. And then I didn't catch anything. I was kind of, I was working on trying to target some pike and basically I, the only thing I caught was a bass of snag where I ended up having to break my line off because I could not release it. So that's all I caught, but going to be going out there doing some more. Um, hopefully I can get out at least a couple of times before the water temperature is too warm and those pike start moving out deep. I do really want to try to get them when they're up, still up in the shallows. Um, you know, I've done a little bit different with my rigging, um, which I think I'll cover on another episode of, you know, kind of my tackle and my setup uh, for going after the pike this year. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it seems like a really fun time this year where I'm actually quite excited about all of the opportunities, um, you know, other than just having, you know, that whitetail mine kind of take over and that be my only focus and being worried about all the different, you know, components to it. You know, I am you know, kind of looking at the rain forecast and seeing that, you know, it's not really matching up with my desired, uh, time frame to plant, but, but I'm actually not that, that concerned about it. Uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of play that by ear and, uh, plant when it looks like the opportunity is the best and then just, you know, be prepared for, uh, for the fall planting. So, but I think that's a wrap on this episode. Again, thank you for tuning in. Be on the lookout for an update on the website and the things to come for uh, for the show. So I'm really excited about it. I hope that everyone uh, checks it out and becomes a member. Because uh, you know, basically that membership is going to be used to be able to um, put money back into the program, into the show, to be able to expand more, do more, and hopefully provide better content. Uh, you know, going forward. So if you like the show. You know, certainly consider supporting it by becoming a member uh, once it becomes up and running. So, all right. Thanks for listening. And as always, get out there, be safe, and have fun.